Welcome to A to Z Sports powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. Like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. We go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show, for our business, and for you guys. Renterswarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Renterswarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for. Mandu, the pulse of fitness. One 15-minute workout at Mandu equals five hours in the weight room. The science is real, and your first workout is free at Mandu.com. The Tucker Agency, Nashville's independent insurance agency. Save money by going to TuckerTN.com. And if you need some new flooring, hardwood floors and finishings, right there at CalvinAndSettle.com. Please check them out. And the Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee, uh, that is... Uh, boneandjointtn.org, the region's comprehensive destination for orthopedic and sports medicine care, boneandjointtn.org. Zach, th- there will be a lot of changes in college football. That is obvious. So we want to find out what is going to be what we think in the opinion of you, me, our viewers, our commenters. What is the biggest difference going to be in this college football season? Because the Ivy League and the SWAC, those are two conferences that have already decided to move their college football season to the spring of 2021. Now, we'll talk more and we'll hear from Greg Sankey specifically on the thoughts of the Power Five and the SEC potentially doing that. But, Zach, I'll toss you the question to start. What do you think will be the biggest difference with college football during this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I'll I'll grab that toss. I'll get in the triple threat position, and I'm going to toss it right back to our viewers, because I just posted that thing on Facebook. I'm, this is this is kind of a, look, this is a viewer-driven show to start out. What do you think the biggest difference in college football with the COVID-19 pandemic? We already have a really great comment coming in, and it comes to us from Facebook and Meredith. Meredith, sure. way to go. This is getting the, the show off started. Well I like done. that. I like that. Meredith says, it seems to me the idea of no fans versus tailgating doesn't really make sense if your goal is to not spread the disease slash virus, what are your thoughts? Meredith, you bring up a very good point. If you're trying to control this virus, shouldn't you go full out and control this virus? Now, I think there are some caveats to that, right? Because football teams have to worry about the university, about students possibly suing the university, about the football program, of taking care of student-athletes, because we know how much these universities care so, so much about not taking advantage of them, but making sure they have a great education, but (laughs) reaping the benefit by billions of dollars off of their namesake. Well, really, that's that's another conversation. But there there are some ins and outs to that. As far as fans, right, you have every right to do what you want. Freedom, right? It's the United States. So if you feel that you can tailgate, probably, here's the here's the hard part, is it going to be on the grounds of the university, right? So they have the rights, trespass, trespassing laws on the premises to make sure everybody is safe. But she brings up a good point, Austin, right? If you're going to try to control the disease, you might as well just have players and coaches out there and nobody within 50 miles because this disease is so, so deadly. Okay. So I, like, I, it's hard to avoid the comments that you just made uh, while talking about this, but I think with, with college football, 
it's we've, we've already seen several big changes, right? Because now the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the Big Ten selfishly, in my opinion, went early and said no non-conference games. So they're only playing conference opponents. They're saying screw the group of five smaller conferences and screw their the other, uh, like the Ohio State-Oregon that would have been such a great game. Notre Dame uh, versus a couple Big Ten schools and Pac-12 schools. Uh, those games will not happen. Uh, like it was going to be Notre Dame-Wisconsin and Lambeau and Notre Dame versus USC, which is always a classic. Notre Dame-Stanford, those are not going to happen. So the Big Ten said screw all that. We're going to protect ourselves. And the SEC, I think, smartly is doing a good job of waiting and making the decision when the decision has to be made. And I think Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, is showing that he is the strongest leader in all of the Power 5 co- uh, power college football. And nobody else is leading like Greg Sankey is at this point. And there's some been some floating around conversation about that is? Why do I think that is? Yeah. Well, the SEC is the most powerful conference. It's the best conference when it comes to on the field and the passion behind SEC football. And I think Greg Sankey just – That makes no difference to him, right? The the Nashville's a thriving community, but we're shut down for the next several weeks, right? I just think Greg Sankey's a really smart guy, and he's he's shown himself over the first several years of his tenure following Mike Slive that Greg Sankey's a really damn good commissioner of the SEC. And everybody, there's some discussion about should Power Five conferences have one overall commissioner that makes rules above everybody so it's not split between five different conferences and all the different ADs and commissioners. I think Greg Sankey does a good job of listening to his ADs and the school presidents and then leading as well. He's a good voice. He speaks well. We'll talk about that later on with his thoughts about spring football. But, yeah, Greg Sankey's doing a great job. So I think I think what the, the, the best-case scenario – for college football is that the biggest difference in this season is very limited fans. I think that's the best case scenario. We already know there's not going to be full capacity in stadiums. Uh, we heard a report Heather Dinich on ESPN. Zach said yesterday that the state of Texas is planning for 50% capacity. Uh, I saw Trey Wallace in Knoxville say that uh, the University of Tennessee has sold you know, 56,000 season tickets. So what? how will they handle those? Um, so I think capacity in the stadiums will be a lot lower than 50%. And if that's the biggest difference in college football outside of what the Big Ten has done, that's a big-time win for the entire uh, you know scope of what college football is. I want to read some comments because we had some good comments rolling in here on Facebook and on Periscope. Also, I think it's going to be tough because let's say Tennessee sells those 56,000, which is about half of Neyland, right? We'll they've already take. sold them, yeah. So let's, right, give or take. So yeah. they've taken their money. You know, the university is going to probably get some backlash from some people, right? Everybody thinks about this, diff- this virus differently. Some backlash on if people get the virus because they are in stadiums, right? Tennessee is going to feel the heat from that decision. Nobody else. Right. And so they have to weigh that of how people and the perception of what this virus can do. You just sold 56,000 people uh, availability to go be susceptible to getting COVID. Well, and, and that's, yeah, but that's that's also a lot of those sales are happened before the pandemic. A lot uh, of the sales. I get it. But you had time to prepare, as you said yesterday on the show. You can go ahead and plan. I'm not saying I agree with that, that reasoning. I'm just saying some people will 
will hold the university accountable for putting fans in harm's way because of COVID-19. So well, I just want to get that. Okay, that that's fine. Out. And so I have a response to that. We also want to get to more of your comments. What do you think the biggest difference in college football will be this year? Again, what do you think will be the biggest difference in college football this year uh, around this COVID-19 pandemic? Before we get to that, let me tell you guys about a great new sponsor that we've unveiled this month, Zach. That's the Bone & Joint Institute of Tennessee. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. They are the region's destination for comprehensive and or orthopedic and sports medicine care. That beautiful building right there, everything happens under that one roof. You know, you might have had an injury in the past, guys, where you've had to go to the doctor at his office, his or her office. Then you got to go get an MRI or a test imaging done at a different building. Then you got to go to a different building for surgery. And then you got a whole different rehab center. Well, at Bone and Joint Institute, everything, boom, right there in that building in Franklin. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. They got over a dozen doctors who are fantastic, specializing in several orthopedic and sports medicine areas. So boneandjointtn.org. Don't fumble on your recovery. Yeah, I, I went there a few months ago. Check out my toe. Unfortunately, I have a bone spur in my big toe. Dr. Thomas fixed my shoulder, my left wing. I'm now, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Years ago, he fixed that thing. I recovered very, very nicely. So trust the Bone and Joint Institute. Here's some comments that I wanted to read. Wesley says, I think the major difference between uh, tailgating and stadium seating is that a tailgate, you're only close to people you know, right or wrong, that's the difference. Nathan says, if we can't have it, how is it supposed to be? I don't want football at all. No fans in the stands equals no football to me. So Nathan is all or nothing, right? All or nothing is that, that I mean that's that's speaking to to something. But what do you what do you have to say? And we're gonna talk about the tailgating thing. You said the biggest different best best case scenario is the fans in the stands or lack thereof. Yeah, I'm gonna go a different route. I'm gonna go on the field. The biggest difference between college football in 2020 and maybe 2019 is the unknown of the players playing the game. And I'm talking about not all together, but week in and week out. Jared Garantano, let's say that guy gets COVID. I'm just bringing a, a random guy in. Maybe it's Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. He probably has already got it because he plays for Clemson. But uh, that was a joke. But for, for overall, you're going to have to make tough decisions. And that just is not going to happen in college football. But how are you going to play against Florida if three days before – the big game that really can decide your season, your starting quarterback comes down with COVID-19. That's going to be the biggest difference. It's the fear, and I hate it because I, you know, I think about COVID, but it's just going to bring more fear to fans now because their favorite team, the unknown of the lineup and the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something to look at. I want to bring up Nathan's comment again. He says, if we can't have have it how it's supposed to be, I don't want football at all. No fans in the stands equals no football to me. Like, that's just a stupid comment from Nathan, and he's probably lying to himself. Or he was like, or he's a really good comedian and just got bo both of us uh, and some people in the comment section fooled by how dumb of a statement that is. People will watch college football on TV because – a uh, hundred times more people watch it on TV than they do. They actually go to the game. And so I think 
with what the NBA, with what hockey, with what golf has done, with what NASCAR is doing, and every other sport that's trying to return, Major League Baseball, we're all about to have a month and a half of live pro sports with zero fans that will get us accustomed to what that looks and what that sounds like to now when football comes back, we're just happy football's back and we don't care whether nobody's there or not. I think the big thing that needs to happen, and this is a personal opinion, you you can like it, love it, hate it, I don't care. What needs to happen this fall and as we've learned more about this virus is we need to understand really what it is doing, right? And the effects of it, whether it is great or negative, right? We also need to understand how it affects young people compared to old people. And I don't think that that knowledge is being spread across the media outlets. I think we need to have less fear of it. I do think that we need to be take the precautions. I'm not sitting here saying, don't wear a mask, go out and run and sneeze on everybody. But I do think we have to start looking at the data Take that for data over the last several months, what the curve has done, what the death rate has done. But the hard part is a 25-year-old kid could have, like Trey Smith, right, could have blood clocks in his lungs. Maybe that kills him, and I would hate for that to happen, but you have to take your own precautions based on your own body diagnosing what you know. Some people have hidden, hidden diseases they don't even know, right? Right. It's all about liability, right? Because you brought up it's it's on because you made the joke about how all these schools and athletic departments care so deeply about their student athletes uh, opportunity for education. Right. That was your joke there. But it is a liability thing. And and I, I did see this. Braden Gall tweeted this out. Uh, this was a quote from Real Sports on HBO from last night. Quote, roughly two percent of college age Americans have contracted the virus over the last month but 8% of Power 5 football players have. And they said they got that from 20 Power 5 schools. That's such a, a, a irresponsible stat for real sports, HBO, typically a very respectable and responsible uh, uh, show to say 2% of college-age Americans have contracted it, but 8% of fo- college football players have? Well, Every a 100% of college football players are being tested on a daily, every other day, or weekly basis. Where what's the percent of have you college- been tested? No, but have I also- been tested? No, but I'm also not a college age. But what's the percentage of college age Americans who have been tested, right? Because right? they're the least likely to worry about the virus. Like the, the analytics show that a healthy 22 year old it does not affect them. It like you, you may get sick for three days. We've all been sick. You've had a cold. I've had a cold. You've had the flu. I've, I've had the flu. I'm playing sick right now because I had to stop my allergy medicine for my allergy appointment tomorrow right? afternoon. We struggling. all know how it feels. Look, I'm not. I, I I'm not pulling the curtain back and just saying, "Hey, let's go free for all." But we do need to be less fearful of this disease. But again, when it but comes again, to younger people. You brought up Trey Smith, which I think you know it, that's the local. Uh, example to bring up of how a, a, a player who you th- would think in his late teens, early 20s, who is a freak athlete, is in phenomenal shape. You think that guy's healthy, right? And he looks healthy from everything he's been doing his entire athletic life. But then you realize 
this guy's got some underlying issues that are sneaky. It, the blood clots in the lungs. And how does that get discovered? And how can you, like, what if Trey Smith had not known this and then he contracts COVID-19 or others who have a sneaky underlying uh, a situation like Trey Smith that, you, that hasn't been discovered yet. It's all about the liability there. Because if one college football player dies from COVID-19, all hell breaks loose. And you know that to be true. But the likeliness of that happening is probably not very high. But you got to make sure you prepare because it's a pandemic that is global. And that's something that you kind of you can't just ignore. So uh, you also yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say Bobby brings up a point that I think a lot of people feel. He says it still frustrates me that athletes can get test tested and results in one day. But the common citizen sits in for like four to five hours, takes five days to get the results. That's kind of what you were talking about of the ability to get tested compared to look. You can go to Nissan Stadium. You can get that thing rammed up your nose if you're not feeling too good. But it's gonna wait. You're gonna wait four to five days in quarantine. You talk about real quarantine where you're not gonna leave. I had I had a a, a couple that had planned a July Fourth weekend. Like they had a full trip to Montana three days before. The the woman of the couple got a call from her friend saying that they hung out a couple of days earlier that her boyfriend had COVID. They canceled the trip because a friend of a friend of a friend had COVID ends up. She didn't. The couple that was trying to go to Montana that canceled their trip didn't completely out of fear. And maybe for others, right? They had to cancel and lose a lot of money because of this disease. A lot of people, I look, I think that it is for college athletes. We are going to truly find out the spread. If one guy gets it, during practice, let's see how many people get it. We're going to find that out, Austin. Well, right? it, but we might not because what's, what's the University of Georgia doing? They're not telling anybody anything about positive tests. <laughs> They're not saying positive or negative or numbers or, or anything. Nothing. You, you see the vagueness. Like, of course, you heard LSU and Clemson say, oh, we had 28 student athletes test positive this week. Tennessee has said, oh, there were two basketball players that tested positive, zero football players. And then once some football players did test positive, what was the report from the University of Tennessee? It was uh, several. Or Is that smart? Or I mean, stupid. But again, like I'm just no, I'm asking you. I'm asking your personal opinion. Is that smart or stupid what George is doing? Um, I mean, it's beneficial to Georgia. I didn't ask you that. Is it I'm, smart so, or is it stupid? Well, who are you? Who am I? Is it smart or stupid for am I am I a part of the Georgia football? No, or, you're Austin Stanley. Form an opinion. Well, I have to look at the perspective because it's it's what's it's, your perspective? It's a smart decision for Georgia to do that. It's not transparent, and I prefer transparency. So with you most say that that would be yes. So you are against that in Austin Stanley. That's yes, what I'm but, asking. But for Georgia football, I get why they're doing it. For Tennessee football, being vague about how many student athletes and how many college football players tested positive is beneficial to the University of Tennessee. Yeah, and and I personally, I think it's smart. Like, I'm okay with them hiding the full and, and not giving us full information because it lessens the fear of everything else. We get enough false information, right? A guy who, who was in a car accident in Florida was counted as a COVID death. That's a big problem. And yes. God knows that one mistake, that's been replicated probably thousands of times. 
we already saw heard a little bit when the the pandemic was at its height in New York that people they were counting deaths because of cash because of what the state fund got, got from it because they were dealing with the disease. That's my issue is that we have a lot of fake news, fake data, fake analytics. I would rather Georgia keep it to themselves because so Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, whatever news outlet it is, doesn't get a hold of it and fear bait us because they'll do that, right? ESPN will do the same damn thing. They'll take that information that Georgia, if they were to put it out there, and they'll twist it. They will twist it like a uh, a twist top. Spin zone, yeah. And and so uh, Georgia is smart. I, I applaud Georgia. I think it should keep them in-house. I think they should do it with, with the information of what they want. They should protect their players as they see fit. Their players and their parents – have instilled the university to take care of their child, right? When they sign on those dotted line, this is just another extension of that. And I'll say this, um, because uh, going back to the real sports HBO stat that I think is irresponsible, saying 2% of college-age Americans tested positive when 8% of football players have, that's stupid because 100% of football players are being tested while not near that number of college-age Americans are being tested. Uh, so I also think when you're and, and Greg Sankey touched on this a little bit too, and, and several people have college football players, when they're on campus are getting great care when it comes to, uh, medical athletic training, dietitian and nutrition and testing, right? They are probably safer there than they are in their hometown. And it goes for anybody. I think a college football coach is safer on campus around the facilities than not because I know the mo most of personalities of college football coaches are very tunnel visioned on football. And they probably like if college football coaches did not have uh, a hospital attached to their university, those guys pr probably would not get They'll their physical. Physicals. They're not going to get their physical for like 10, every 10 years until their wife begs them and makes them go. That's just how college football coaches are, right? But now they're on campus and they're being forced to go through whatever the testing protocols are and they're being in the facilities that are being scrubbed, cleaned, and and we'll talk about uh, our new sponsor, BioPure, tomorrow and how they can help out a lot too. But the, but those places are being very, very careful and, it, and there should be safe places to be. All right, don't go anywhere because we're about to hear Greg Sankey talk about the possibility of spring football. And this could throw a big-time wrench in a lot of things if this, in fact, happens. We all know what the Big Ten did. We all know what the, the Pac-12 and the Ivy League and the SWAC, whatever the hell the SWAC is, but all that they've made decisions. Greg Sankey talks about Power Five and SEC possible spring football. But first, I'm going to tell you about the Tucker Agency. The Tucker Agency – Right there. You can see it on your screen. Will at TuckerTN.com. Will and his team, Will Tucker, he owns this agency right here in Nashville, Tennessee. They can help you out, save you 20% on your insurance, homeowner's insurance, life insurance, renter's insurance. Uh, they've got it all. You have a bundle of in car insurance. If you're driving a vehicle, you got car insurance. Email Will, Will at TuckerTN.com. All you have to do, you can title, look, I'll write the email here right for you. You title it and say, saving money on insurance. That's all you got to do. Then A to Z Sports 
I heard about you guys on the show. How do I save money on my insurance? Question mark. Thanks. Whatever your name is. Boom. Done. His team is going to go to work and help you out. That's Will at TuckerTN.com. A to Z Sports. Don't forget real quick before we hear from Greg Sankey, uh, promo code AZ30 for 30% off all orders at shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. Uh, shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. Hats, t-shirts, uh, golf shirts that are great as well. Shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. Promo code AZ30. So uh, we want to ask you guys this question. We'll have to play some audio from Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, real quick. But the question is, what percentage chance do you think Power 5 college football will be moved to the spring, as Zach mentioned, the Ivy League and the SWAC, which is an FCS conference, have already decided to move their college football seasons to the spring. We'll discuss that. Uh, but what percentage chance do you think the Power Five will be moved to the spring? Uh, let's hear Greg Sankey here real quick from ESPN's College Football Live yesterday. Well, well, here's the problem I see with the spring right now. So we've kept that on a list of alternatives, but – I've not had the explanation of how we'll be assured some uh, reality come spring that will be better than the fall. And in fact, as you look at cold and flu season, which people have talked about, uh, the deeper you go, the more problematic that can be. And we're all in this world of unpredictability. We are building the bridge as we cross the river and writing the instruction manual as we do so. Um, so people may make that decision. In fact, I think some of our, our colleagues at smaller conferences have identified that as a solution. I think our focus properly is what can we achieve in the fall? And to the extent that doesn't become possible to support in a healthy way, we'd have to pivot and we'll be prepared to pivot quickly. Uh, but want to want to focus right now on how do we support healthy activity um, in the next few months. I think the I think biggest thing that I, I took away from that is the flu thing, right? We don't know what the virus is going to do once it gets colder. Science, Tony Fauci has said this, that viruses thrive in colder environments. People are inside. But look, I, I, the spring football is a whole new wrinkle to all of this. The question we're asking you guys is what percentage chance do you think the Power 5 college football will be moved to the spring? Louis says uh, he's going with 0%. Uh, 0% from Jeff. Louis says uh, 0.01. Ah, there you go. He's been watching the show. He didn't want to go zero. Brent yeah. says uh, 50% at this point. Karen uh, goes with zero. Uh, Chuck goes with zero. Uh, Trevor goes with five. G-Man on base goes 10. Ethan says 60. Hunter says 10. Very low percentages besides Ethan. And I – Getting to know Ethan's opinion on this virus, he's probably inside right now. So, so Ethan, Ethan, expand on your sixty percent, uh, if you will. Um, so uh, Tony says the team is already practicing together. No reason to move to the spring. Test players day of game. Let them play if they are negative. And I think you've seen some of this from NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson, remember he had a positive test uh, and he missed a race. But then they there were there's such things as false positive tests now. Yeah. Because now the NFL is moving towards if you have back-to-back negative tests, you can enter the building initially uh, in the NFL. So I think back-to-back negative tests cancels out one positive test. Problem uh, is, is you can't go home and chug cranberry juice and get a negative test. And there's no like dilute. Uh, you can't just go NFL combine on these tests. Yeah. Uh, fair. Uh, good point. Uh, Rob says, "Make nose." 
<laughs> you're gonna borrow somebody else's brain to get that swab up there uh, rob says because 60 percent of the time it works every time uh so zach what percentage chance do you think that power five football will be moved to the spring because greg sankey did say that it is on a list of alternatives and we heard uh, mark davis when we talked about the nfl earlier in the week about this he said option three is to cancel the nfl season but for greg sankey the spring football is on a list we don't know where or how high but it's on a list so what percentage chance do you give this option yeah and johnny lee says one percent because i hate the answer zero percent i'm actually a lot higher than one percent i'm 30 percent, and it's not because based on my opinion it's based on everybody else's opinion it's about the fear that the world has about this thing and what all everybody we've talked about it, I'm not going to get into it again. But if if an outbreak happens within a team, the news outlets are going to get a hold of it and shut it down. Like the ESPN will force a shutdown based on criticizing and complete clickbait to try to to get people to pay attention to ESPN because they have. Uh, I'm not going to label them uh, a certain way, but they have a certain way of looking at it. So uh, I, I'm a 30% because, you know, Tennessee football or Florida football or Alabama football, USC, whatever it is, Ohio State. If uh, Trevor Lawrence and like five players get it and they have to sit out, ESPN is going to be basically, uh, basically hadn't eaten for five days leading up to Thanksgiving because they are going to feast on that story. And so I say 30% because if it shuts down, it's too much money to let go past, right? I, I would say my personal opinion would be, and I because I don't control the money, it's not my money. I mean, it kind of is because we, we run a business based on sports. But what you should do is not screw up everything else and just wait till next season and give everybody extra eligibility or something of that well, nature. I, I don't know what you're going to have to do. You're going to, there's going to be a wrench, but you wait till next year when you have full fans, full capacity and this magic elixir vaccine makes the fear go away, which well, yeah, I hope it does. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you Brent's question here in a second, but if the NCAA did come up and did come out and say they, if, if a college athlete decides to opt out of this season, that their scholarship will still be honored, which I think is a big deal uh, because, you know, for we keep bringing up Trey Smith because he's right. a high-profile example. If Trey Smith says, you know what, uh, it's not worth my blood clots to play this college football season, but I, I, I'm about to graduate or I'm about to get my master's because he's a, a senior, then I, I think for Trey Smith being able to know, hey, I can stay in school and get my – progress towards my degree and not have to just because of opting out. That's the best part about America, right? You have that right to choose. And in not yeah. every country you have that right to choose. Trey Smith, best believe is he if he was in another country, his ass would be on the front lines. That's just how it works. Sorry about you. If you die, you die. And so, that's how other countries think, but not America. So I love the fact that he has his choice. So Brent says, uh, is it a better is it better to change his Okay, is it a better chance the season is moved to the spring or canceled? Because, Zach, you kind of just – I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you can clarify. You kind of talked about, say, just screw it, wait till next year. Do you mean canceling the 2020 season? That's and, what I would do, but I don't control the money. You, so, they're going to they're gonna have to figure out a way to play. But it's going to – isn't it going to shake everything up? 
if you play, let's, I'm just going to give an example. You play in March, April, May into June, you're going to turn around these kids with the player safety and CTE looming that we've all been talking about for all these years and contradict everything that you're about and make them play two months later. Well, yeah. And that was something I was going to bring up too, because I've, <clears throat> I've heard reporters say that in talking to coaches, <clears throat> coaches would be so against uh, a spring football season because it messes everything up. If, uh, if you get a, a pretty good, you know, because also in the spring, <clears throat> any draft eligible player or a player who thinks they are draft eligible because there's only like 250 draft picks, but there's about four times that many players who think they're going to be drafted. Those guys aren't going to play in the spring because the NFL draft is going to happen in April, regardless if the college football season happens or when it happens. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, all these superstars, uh, juniors that are eligible for the draft, they're not playing. They so cancel now, the season. So now you get a, a a season in the spring full of freshmen and sophomores who are playing, and if one freshman or sophomore tears his ACL, pops an Achilles, breaks an ankle, whatever it might be, they're missing two years of eligibility because they're missing their spring season, and then they're not going to be ready and healthy to get back for a fall season. So coaches are highly against this. But I actually I I disagree with your thought of they would cancel the season first before they would go to the spring. They will go to the spring before they flat out cancel. The TV but money. Everybody the, has to be on board with that, right? Every TV conference money, well, to play. Well, not necessarily because TV contracts are done via conference. So the SEC will want to get whatever TV revenue they could possibly get. To play for what? To play for TV money. And for a conference title. that The fans don't care about that. They care about national titles. I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about schools. Fans watch the games. I know, but I'm talking – but fans are going to watch the games on TV, whether it's – What are you games. playing for? You know how many fans watch preseason games because they're exhibition and nobody cares about them? Not many. Actually, uh, more than you would – more than should watch preseason well, games. Yeah, because they're starving, right? right. But so, what, so if they – so you're saying that you would not watch preseason football? It's less. I, if you if you we have go to an, play for something, if we go an entire fall with no college football, and they decide to say, "Okay, we're going to play a season of eight SEC games uh, in the spring," hell yeah, everybody's going to watch that because we've gone o over a whole year without college football. I don't and the disagree, SEC wants but what, it's going to hurt. We already talked about the season, the year schedule. But they would rather get that TV revenue. Hell to the players, right? That's your whole joke about student athletes. They they want that TV revenue because they have to have it to operate. They have to have football TV revenue to operate the rest of their athletic department, or they're going to be like Stanford and cancel eleven sports, which Stanford had like probably fifteen too many sports to begin with. But they're going to. But you'll start to see a lot of that trickle down. The funny thing is, and we've talked a lot about this, is that. The XFL was supposed to be the hot spring sport, and then all of a sudden, a year later, it's the SEC. <laughs> if this were to happen, that would be the hot spring. Sport. I don't. I don't. So back to what's your percentage chance of of college foot power five college football being played in the spring? Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. I, so I wanted to go to a certain comment because they had <clears throat> Meredith, who's Meredith's been on it today. Says working in healthcare. 30% is a valid and reasonable answer. But then again, it all comes down to the money. 
So I, I think okay. yeah, we are aligned, Meredith. No, yeah. So um I'm actually gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna go like 25% chance that it moves to the spring because they're gonna try to play in the fall. And that's I agree. And that's six seventy percent chance that they're gonna and that's try. like you know what? The the first I, I know it's like that's like forty five days away. That's six weeks away. Is that first college football game day weekend? Is and 45 if Georgia days. hides them though, then they're gonna win the national championship. <laughs> you don't think that college football is based on cheating? Yeah, look look around, right? Oh well, no, we had a faulty test. Sorry. Uh, 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 uh. You could blame it on a ton of things, right? that's why I love, look, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's fight fear baiting with, with, with power. Right. And that power is the ability to hide everything, every case that you want or uh, conveniently lose tests. Cause I I know for a fact that has happened. When you win politics that happened in Florida. No, no, no. no. I I know for a fact, I know for a fact losing tests has happened in a major college football program. Yes, like, if you can lose votes for the presidential election, you can lose tests. For you can lose football. COVID tests. Oops, <laughs> I don't know. It went down the shredder accidentally. My so, dog ate it. <laughs> yeah, my dog ate my COVID Uga, test. Uga ate some of the tests. So, ah. so my percentage of of uh, because I think they're gonna they're gonna start the college football season. It might be delayed a couple weeks, but they're gonna start it in the fall. And so that's why I think it's a lower percentage chance to be moved to the spring because they're going to start it in the fall and see where they get before there's a potential shutdown. Okay, two great comments. Jeffrey comes in. Even COVID won't win Georgia a national championship. That's hilarious. Great. Love Jeffrey, it. you for the creativity, Jeffrey, you will get the love of the show. Way to go, Jeffrey. That's funny. That's good content. The other thing Lisa brings up, Lisa says, Play in the fall with no fans in the stands versus spring with fans. What you do you think? You cannot guarantee that they're like you can't just say, "Oh yeah, there, there's going to be fans in the stands in the spring." You have no idea. We have no clue, and that's what Greg Sankey talked about in the audio we played. Is he's not been given a reasonable answer of why it's a better option to move to the spring because that's another cold and flu season is right there in January, February, and March for big business. And I'm not saying for the entire country or the entire world, but for big business like college football and even like Amazon and Apple, this vaccine is going to be massive because of the justification to say, well, you have the right to take the vaccine that has been clinically proven to help or you have the right not to and not be fearful of the virus with right? I, like Ohio state gave waivers to all their athletes, but, and- but right. But once that vaccination comes out now, big business has the ability to fall back on that and say, okay, that's fine. If you don't want to take the vaccine, that's okay. Then you're going to have to deal with the virus. It's the same thing about the flu. I've had one flu shot in my entire life. I'm 33 years old. One flu shot my entire life, okay? I've gotten the flu a couple of times. That's a risk that Zach Bingham took, right? It's America. You go back to that. So that vaccine's massive to Lisa's comment. If it comes out prior to if they push it to spring, then yes, I believe fans will fully be in the stands because they have something to fall back on. But we we don't know. Like, we can't, like, and here's the the reason why the Ivy League and the SWAC 
has said, screw it, let's move to the spring, it's because the Ivy League loses money on football. Like, as a conference, the Ivy League does not benefit, does not profit from college football. Because rarely does do Ivy League programs play these million-dollar buy games against Power 5 programs. They usually just play against themselves. The SWAC, they, the, if, if the Big Ten is not playing conference games and if the SEC makes a decision to not play conference games, then some of those schools will lose some money games like that. And the SWAC is an FCS program. So they get their money from actual tickets and so does the, so does the Ivy League. So – uh, the, that it makes sense that those two conferences have already decided to move the spring, but they're playing a completely different game of football than the Power Five conference and even the Group of Five conferences are. All right, let's get to tailgating. You see on the graphic to tailgate or not to tailgate. That is the question. The real question to everybody else. I want. I really want everybody's comments here. Would you tailgate for a college football game? that you can't attend, right? If it's 50% capacity, would you go and tailgate if allowed? Because I got a feeling some universities are going to shut that down because it's on their premise, right? Right. So would you tailgate for a college football game that you can't attend? I think right. it's a great question. Yeah, we'll get to your answers. I see them flying in already. But first, let me tell you about Renters, where, Renters Warehouse. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. They're the Nashville professional landlords in the Nashville, greater Nashville area. Renterswarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for. So many different ways I've told you guys about how you can use Renters Warehouse during these times. Another way is that maybe your mortgage is kind of kicking your ass. You've lost some income. That's okay. A lot of people have. You can actually save your home instead of panic selling it uh, because it's too expensive. Rent out a cheaper house at Renters Warehouse and then have them rent out your house uh, to help you actually create some more income. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. There's no binding contract, so it can be for a, a short time or a long time. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. Great question that we're getting a lot of answers that I was really surprised about. Uh, would you tailgate for a college football game that you can't attend, right? Yes. So this goes to really what school you're rooting for, how passionate that you are. I mean, this really puts your put puts you to the fire. Let's go through these. Matthew says no. Johnny says no. No. Uh, Dude, man, whoa says absolutely. I like that comment. Dude, Titans man for life says absolutely not. So this is why it's a good question. If you have an absolutely and then an absolutely not. That's pretty good. Scott says no. Nardo says thumbs down. David says no. Bobby says nope. Uh, Matthew says, I wouldn't tailgate even if I, I, I knew they were going to take my temp before going in. Drinking makes your top body temperature go up. Maybe Matthew has a, a point there. <laughs> yeah. uh, It'll church your immune system. Uh, unless you're, yeah, you're drinking bourbon and whiskey, maybe make your temperature go up. Chuck says no. Uh, Hunter says 100%, and we will tailgate as close as legally possible. So you got right there. Kelkin says not driving two and a half hours to Knoxville to tailgate. Can do that at my house. Puka says no. Danny says love to tailgate, but don't see the point unless that uh, you're that you're playing it on the Jumbotron. And maybe that's it, right? We've seen the Preds in Stanley Cup games and playoff games. They set up a big-ass screen uh, to do. So Austin. I will ask you the same question we've asked everybody else. Would you, Austin Stanley, tailgate for a college football game in Knoxville, Tennessee, 
Florida Vols, big game of the year, trying to set the landscape of the SEC East, but you can't go. I mean, let's just let's just say this first. Uh, Tennessee, Florida could be the first game of the season for both teams. I mean, if the SEC decides to go conference only, that would be uh, a lot game of juice. Number, yeah, that's a lot of juice to say. Let's 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 do it. Now, the situation that you presented to me is the same as Kelkins, is that I'm probably not going to drive two and a half hours to go get drunk at a tailgate when I could just easily uh, get drunk at my house or a friend's house while watching the game and enjoy it that way. Because the part of tailgating is the company that you're with, right? Now, and, and I, I saw Ethan say, what if? Hold on. Ethan said, pre-COVID? Yeah, tailgating is half the fun. I mean, I, I went to Tennessee Tennessee had awful football teams while I was there. The best record was Lane Kiffin seven and five. But yeah, I, I tailgated and didn't go to the game probably half the time. <laughs> you know, and so uh, so that was that's just part of the college experience. I'll give you a scenario. Okay, give me one. Six of your best college buddies have all decided to go and tailgate for that game. Knoxville, Florida. They're not going to the game. You don't have a ticket. You can't get in. You're not a part of the 56,000 season ticket holders. They are like, hey, Austin, you want to go tailgate, but we can't go to the game? What's your answer? Um, I would be intrigued, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I would definitely be intrigued. They could, they could easily convince me if they did a good enough sales job. So your answer is yes. Well, and look, that it's hard. That, well, but that's the scenario. I'm not talking about you driving by yourself to drink beers alone right outside of Neyland Stadium and not go to the game. Let's be honest, right? You're going to go there just like you would for a game and meet up with people that you like to hang out with, oh, that he, you're connected with, to root on your favorite team. Well, here's a very realistic situation is I live a mile and a half from Vanderbilt Stadium. Tennessee comes to Vanderbilt, supposed to, this year. Will I go tailgate Tennessee Vandy down the road from my house and not go to the game? I did that two years ago and walked. Would you do it with COVID lurking? Uh, I would probably, I would be down for that. Absolutely. Both of your answers are yes. Just commit. No, no. The answer is fence, You're fence hopping right now. No, you're, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. If, if, it's, probably. If, it's, if it's down the street from my house or if I lived in anywhere in Nashville and it was Tennessee at Vanderbilt, that's that's a very doable situation. I know six of your college buddies, and if they wanted to come say, hey, Stan Man, come on, man. We're going to have a great they, time. They didn't call me Stan Man. <laughs> We're going to have a great time. We're going to party. It's going to be fun. Bring the wife. Like, Look, we're going to relive because COVID can't keep us down. We really want to see you, man. I, it's and, been and, a long time. Says I'm on the seesaw again. I'm on the seesaw. Yeah, there's you a, are. There's a two-and-a-half-hour commute, a five-hour round trip compared to a 10-minute walk round trip. Like, but all your buddies are begging you to go. I, but again, like, Zach, you know what we do. I haven't been to Knoxville for a football game since uh, 2015. Well, just because you haven't been in a while doesn't so why mean you am can't I going to go now? Like I, I didn't been... go to Gulf Shores since I was a Cabana boy at twenty-two, and I went a couple weeks ago. Right, but okay, but you go to Ole Miss. But like the point is, I don't go to Tennessee games anymore. I went to Texas A&M in twenty sixteen. That's the last college football game I've been to uh, out of town. And so, I, because of what we do on Sundays with Titans coverage. I don't go to Knoxville because I know it's going to make my Sunday miserable. And so I try to not do that. But yes, I would go to 
Vanderbilt to, to tailgate for that because I've done that in the last So the answer is yes. The answer is, is yes if I don't have to commute. Well, yeah, of course away. you're not going to fly to Oregon or like Cal to go. Like we're talking about but, something that is realistic. And right, I'm just giving you – and you've given me realistic uh, things, and you, the answer is yes. If Austin, I were, is your if, answer yes or no? If I were a Vanderbilt fan, would I tailgate for Vandy home games and couldn't go to game? Yes. If I stop lived, ifs. If Austin, I lived in Knoxville, yes or then no. yes, I would. No, it, stop if. You don't. You don't live in Knoxville, and you're not a Vanderbilt fan. So I highly Austin, de- is your answer yes or is it no? Get off the fence. If I have to drive two and a half hours stop to Stop just- ifing. That's the situation, Zach. That you, you gave, you gave me yourself the, the situation. No, Zach. The literally, you gave easy. me the hypothetical. The question is easy. Would you ever tailgate for a college football game that you can't attend? It's not specific if it's on a Sunday and you're feeling good and you woke up. and uh, No, it would is. Would I ever? Would yeah. you tailgate a, would I at a, for a football game that you can't attend? Would I ever? Yes. But you gave me the the specific hypothetical. You tossed it. You created the situation. Well, because you were, you were fence diving. Like, really, like, I had to because you weren't giving the answer. Oh, my goodness. Like, the, like you're like, I'm answering your question. I highly doubt I would do it in Knoxville because of the drive, but I would absolutely do it in Nashville. So, so yeah. Overall, I, yes. You I've would the question tailgate for a football game that you can't attend. Yes, if if it made sense to me to That's good. To, I don't want you, any ifs. I'm just going to take your uh, yes. Like I want you to answer a question and the game is you can't say if. No, no. You gave me yes, the damn yes. if, Zach. You gave me the hypothetical. Because you were fit. You cuz when when asked the question, I set up the question for you. You wouldn't answer it. I'm sorry that I use my brain and I'm allowed to Oh, create- don't know. It's just a question. I my answer. Okay I'll give if, you my answer. Okay. I'll, Y E S. Yes. Okay. I don't even need an explanation. Yes, I would. I absolutely would. I probably will. If given the opportunity and it lands on a date that we don't have to do our Sunday game day show for the Titans pre a halftime and post game show, it's going to be great. Yes, I'm there. And you know what? I'm tailgating like a madman in the Grove. Probably at times, maybe not wearing a face mask oh, if oh, I don't have to. Oh, Kelkin but, says that that's an if, Zach, if we don't have the Titans coverage the next day. There's an if. So, but I always do it every year. I schedule, right? And I and don't. So, that's I the difference schedule between that. I make sure that I go. But I, I go don't. to one that, Ole Miss game every year. And you have the ability to go to Tennessee games. You just choose not to. Correct. That's I fine. choose not to use my off weekend to, to go. Uh, drain my energy, which that's what going to Knoxville would absolutely do. Yes, I, I'm there. Well, mine's also a four-hour drive that I'm willing to do. That's right? fine. And Greg, everybody's making fun of you because you said if. If given the opportunity, Bobby said, hey, Zach well, said if. I said if given the opportunity because of the question marks of there being a football season. But I That's what I said. If. Does that make sense to you I, guys? Like it, Kelkin says, Zach just hates that you don't agree. Um, no, no, I, I like you do agree with me. I, I that that's absolutely Kelkin's. That is absolutely incorrect. Austin agrees with me. We both said yes. I just don't like when you don't answer the question. I did answer the question. I know. I answered the question with some details. Actually, specifically, I said that I'll probably do it if the Tennessee Vanderbilt game happens, which is an if. 
that we have to say if the Tennessee Vandy game happens in Nashville. We're talking about logistical ifs, not college football ifs. Which is a logistical if. No, college football is it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. That was my if. Yours was, well, if it's, you know, a couple of uh, yards away down the street from my house. If I don't have to make a five-hour round trip, sure. Uh, If game. We're both yes. Hey, uh, new Tighten Up podcast episode out this morning. We're both yes. Yeah, I I, I understand that. I don't know why you're making this so difficult. (laughs) You just don't like my answer. I'm not making this difficult. I got to state this and then we can move on. Rick says, Zach is black or white. Austin's grayscale. Exactly. But grayscale, look, I can be gray. But when you ask a question, like you got to answer it, and you eventually answered it. I, I'm like, we way to guess, great to go. But like, the question and your answer was very simple, and we just had to get there. Zach, I talked through it. This is a discussion show, and you're not allowing me to discuss. Like <laughs> no, you're asking me a you, yes or no you question. Were forced to talk through it. If no, I didn't was say not, a damn I word, you wouldn't like, have come up with an answer. Oh no, no bull. Because I presented it the way Kelkins answered it, which I think is completely fair. My goodness. And and Rob says, under Zach's immense pressure, Austin says Thank yes. Thank you. you no, I'm throwing I, out another love. Screw it. I'm oh, breaking all the rules today. Oh my yes. Gosh. Yes. You're getting a love for that. Well, you're on Periscope, but uh, you know how much I love that. Greg concept. says, yes or no answers only for an entire show, please. That's well, no. that's Zach. You show. can say that's no. Zach. Zach wants yes or no answers, and that's it. No, this is what I want. I want when a question is asked, yes, and a reason why, or no, and a reason why, not a reasoning that it could be yes or no. So maybe it could go this way or that way if the stars align and we have a full moon that night. Oh come on, that's Th- not that, what I said. That, that's my thing. That's not what I said. If I'm going to go drive five hours round trip. I'm going to go to the game and tailgate. We're both yes guys today. We're both yes guys. I'm Zach glad. doesn't like Zach doesn't like my version of yes. We align. No, I do like it. No, you I don't. just I wish you would have said yes if it was Tennessee Vandy right down the street. No, if it was in Knoxville. That's what I said no. in opposite ways. <laughs> but I, no, I had to bring up the scenario for no, you, you to didn't. say that. I brought up Vandy, Tennessee. I, I brought actually, up no. I, Incorrect. I brought up Knoxville first. No. Go back, check the tape. Zach, you really want to check the tape? Because how did I start? The reason why you brought up your detailed situation is because I said, I agree with Kelkins that I'm not going to drive two and a half hours to Knoxville to go tailgate for a game that I can't go to. That's that's the absolute truth. You would tailgate to a game that you couldn't go to if it was easily available. Yes, which yes. is what I said the entire time. So you, you got would. your damn panties in a wad and didn't like the way I presented it. And look, and but the answer is yes, you would. It, it's easy. It's easy. So I gave two scenarios. Uh, one's a yes and one's a no. And you can go to the tape and that's the truth. You didn't mention you did Vanderbilt until after I mentioned going to your buddies. Because that was the first, because I'm a Tennessee graduate. Why would I go to just any random Vanderbilt game? I wouldn't. 
that's a, that's the situation that we're talking about. Well, and Rob brings up a point. You know, it depends on if it's is it eleven o'clock game. Do they do they now have nine a.m. games because of the crazy schedule? Is it at midnight? I mean, we don't know. So I'll say this: I think eleven a.m. games are the best ones to tailgate for. You wake up, kegs and eggs. Let's get this thing rolling. I like two thirty games. True. The reason why I'm a Grove guy. If you've never been to the Grove, you can wake up, start drinking at eight continue drinking during the game, and then end drinking, and then go to the bar. I mean, it is a full day of, like, kill your body, but a lot of fun. Yeah, but there's something special. Like, you know when the World Cup's in, like, South Africa, and the game start like, 5 a.m.? There's something special about waking up super early for the reason to just get drunk and watch sports. Yeah, there's all there's something special, though, about that CBS SEC 230 game. Oh, that music gives me anxiety. <laughs> It's <laughs> just the da, 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 just just I I shake I sweat and it just gives me anxiety because nothing good happens when Tennessee's playing after that music starts. Yeah. All right, so we ended that conversation on a good note. Sure, A to Z Sports here live. Well, yes, the whole we reason, did. <laughs> the whole reason, the whole reason we we talked about this is because uh, Saturday Down South put out a, an Instagram with a quote from Greg Sankey that says. We have not banned tailgating. <laughs> so, so Greg Sankey has not ba- banned tailgating yet. So it's still out there on the table. Yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I want to do it. Give right, me Zach. the ability, Greg. We have, I want the gold. Give me the gold. We have throwing shade. Zach, I think, has got two shades. So we've got a shade sandwich again today. Before we get to our shade sandwich and all of your shade, uh, Zach, tell the people about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle can help you. There's no shade on Calvin and Subtle. They're a great company. That's why they're trusted. We trust them. You should trust them. If you need a new hardwood floor, 615-448-6414. You can see they're right on the screen. CalvinandSubtle.com. You give them a call. You say, hey, look, come out. Look at my my bedroom, my bathroom, my kitchen, whatever you want to rip up your carpet and replace hardwood floors. Or if your hardwood floors have gotten scuffed because you've been throwing the ball back with your dog for the last several months because you've been locked in the thing, you go get new cost-effective hardwood floors. They got luxury at $30 per square feet. They also have a $1.99 per square feet. So they've got you covered. You can have your perfect hardwood floors, 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. All right, A to Z Sports, we got throwing shade real quick. Coach Holiday on Twitter says, is this tailgating question hypocritical? Because I'm pretty sure if you can't go to the game, in the stadium, they won't let a bunch of dudes tailgate in the parking lots. Well, that's – I guess Coach Holiday doesn't go to many college games. Maybe he's a, he's a Titans fan. I know that. Uh, but all the time, you go to college football games and you never step foot in a university parking lot. But maybe he's talking about if they ban fans all together, would they – they probably would ban tailgating. In the university parking lots because that's all the university can control. Yeah. But so you're you're saying well so where else are you going to tailgate tailgate oh, oh my god boy at, at Tennessee there's a neighborhood called Fort Sanders next to it that people just sell their own driveways and parking uh, for game day parking that you could absolutely tailgate there there are businesses on the strip in Knoxville that do that as well so there's there's no other of, groves in Oxford so yeah that, well the Oxford might be limited but there are so many so many places uh, to and, and Greg's correct. Most of the Tennessee tailgating is off campus because the stadium is very close to that line. All right, Zach, you've got shade twice. So I will let you 
uh, lead off with one of your shades. Yeah, what's your shade? Make sure you comment. My, hey, first shade is easy. You can go to my Twitter, at Bada underscore Bingham. Uh, it's my last tweet. Go look at Pro Football Talk. Yeah. 1.6 million followers. They put out an article, informative article, right? Good article. Like, it taught probably a lot of people something about when the Titans are going to start training camp, which is July 28th, and some of the protocol going into it. They have the white Titans helmet that they used two and a half years ago. Like, you can get pictures. You got 1.6 million followers. You got a radio show. Mike Florio, do better, bro. You've got enough money to pay whatever outlet, Giddy Images or USA Today or whatever, to go get a better picture that doesn't have the Titans' old helmet. Like, no, wrong, incorrect, <laughs> stop. Back. That's my shade on pro football talk. Uh, I agree. I cannot stand that because it's just so lazy. And I see ESPN do it all a lot too, where they'll have like Derrick Henry in the background on like NFL Live and they have like the superimposed graphics behind the set and he's wearing the old jerseys. I'm like, come on. It's really, it's really rough. Um, I, I Sawyer says disrespectful. Mookie says do better. G-Man on base rolls his eyes. Before I get to my shade, I'm going to read some of your shade. Uh, Trevor says, my shade is on myself. I care too much about the small things. It's hard for me to let go of things that I should be able to let go of. Uh, that That's fair and very self-aware. And both of us uh, can relate to that, uh, Trevor. Um, Bobby, why are the small things not done correctly? I just don't. Well, because it's like John Wooden said, it all starts with putting your socks on the right way. So your feet are okay. And so the small things, uh, do matter. So my shade, uh, real quick, Rudy says, um, his shade or Sean says my shades on bees got attacked about by, uh, a nest of yellow jackets about 30 minutes ago. So Sean, like during the show, had just been attacked by 30 uh, yellow jackets, which just sounds terrifying um, for Bobby, sure. Uh, but real quick, Bobby has something that I, I also do, and I think a lot of people do, especially now. It says, throwing shade on making everything political. People can have different opinions without being a dirty liberal or a dirty conservative, but it always goes to that, right? And I think because the world in America has stopped we now pay more attention to the news to try to get information, probably more so than we ever have, right? I've watched more news outlets than I would if sports was on. I'd rather be watching a uh, a lob from J.R. Smith to LeBron James and the Lakers win. But now, but now I'm watching highlights to see how dirty the conservatives are or dirty the liberals are. So fair point from Bobby. All right, so my shade, Zach, is being thrown at Vanderbilt. Not the football team. Not the athletic department, but being thrown at Vanderbilt University for being just so oblivious to common sense. Vanderbilt University is a collection of brilliant minds. But a lot of times, you can be book smart and be common sense dumb. And that is what Vanderbilt is a lot of the time. Let me show you on my screen. This is a great tweet from Cat Moon. So VU's new contract tracing committee on campus is called Public Health Unified Command Center, which is abbreviated in their release about this Public Health Unified Command Center. All of you at home, 
can phonetically sound out what P-H-U-C-C sounds like. Zach, you can't do it. Zach, uh, I'm not going to do it. But how freaking stupid and oblivious can you be? Because they typed out P-H-U-C-C after the first uh, spelling of it in their press release several times. Like, Vanderbilt, you're so smart. But I swear to God, you're so stupid at the same time. And, and I have, there are so many different examples. Chris Lee of Vandy Sports for Rivals wrote like 4,000 words last week about how bad Vanderbilt's athletic department is and academics and administration is. Here's just another example. What the hell are you doing? You clearly don't give a pH. That, that's really funny, and what it made me think about was when Hugh Freeze responded, responded to Barry McCockiner, uh and called him Barry like he didn't even read it, and yeah. it was completely making fun of him. Like, like my about my how uh, my son overdosed from On me. marijuana? Like Barry McCockiner trolled Hugh Freeze. This was back in the day. Uh, like, yeah, my son overdosed from marijuana, but he's a huge fan. Can you just give like an apology or a shout-out? And – and you freeze responds back, hey, Barry, thinking about your brother or your son or whatever yeah. it was, but realizing it's just complete troll account. Like, look, Barry McCockiner. I mean, that's, that's, you said it several times. It's not easier. It's not, it's, it's not, <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. David, David says, David says, looks like Vandy needs some super high intensity training. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, exactly. what, yeah, what are they going to say of all the people that are offended by that, right? So they've got to change it. Well, then they did change it. That's oh. the best part. Is after 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 Cat cancel Moon, culture cancel. Yeah, culture. Well, after Cat Moon uh, brought attention to P H U C C, uh, and that tweet started making the making the 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 rounds. They they changed the abbreviation to just Command Center. <laughs> so it, it's hilarious. Twitter causes change. Know that. That, that is hilarious. Uh, all right, so my last shade goes to my homeowners association. So I wake up on Monday morning, and I get in my car at some point, and all of a sudden, there's speed humps all around my neighborhood. There are one, two, three, four, Five speed humps around the circle. I live in townhomes in Green Hills. Just out of nowhere. Like out of nowhere. So I actually called the management company of our homeowners association yesterday. John. John was just hired in May. And uh, and Mookie asked, are you the HOA president yet? No. It's, this old, it's this old fogey named Tony. Who's terrible. And and so it's corrupt. And I'll tell you this. And I explained this to John. Spit him some knowledge yesterday. And I said, John. Or I, uh, yeah, John. I was like, John. When Was there an email sent out about these speed humps that were put in? And John said, well, um, I believe on Friday. I, I did send an email. And, and within that email, there was a mention of speed humps going in. I go, Friday, you emailed me Friday and speed humps are put in on Monday. I was like, that's waking up. That's like waking up in bed next to somebody and you don't know their name all of a sudden. And he did not like that. He didn't think that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. And he goes, well, uh, I don't know about that analogy, 
but I mean, I understand where you're coming from. You cannot just put speed humps. Say you're putting speed humps in on a Friday, and then boom, Monday morning, there's five speed humps around the community. So you're saying the HOA news dump the speed humps? News dump the speed humps. <laughs> and the problem with the HOA, and this is big, okay? It's a problem in the bylaws. And I, I've read the bylaws. I've been to meetings. But this is where they get you. Tony and his three cronies, and I hope they can hear me because I'm broadcasting from my house. <laughs> Tony and his three cronies, they're probably, look, no age discrimination, but the facts are they're probably like 75. They have been in office for years. And the reason why is in the bylaws, you have a once yearly annual meeting in November. And if 50 people are not there, you cannot vote on changing the board. <laughs> In the last two and a half years I've lived here, I've been to the meetings. No, not even close to 50 of shit. I'm guessing over under, uh, I'm setting the over under on 11 and a half. To around 20. Okay. Around 20. And some of the reasons why is because some of the other, other stuff is going on in the neighborhood. So the bylaws, which were made in 1971, because I made John look that, that stuff up yesterday. And I said, when were the bylaws created? So he, he went look. And I go, John, you would not write a will in 1971 and then not change it when you've 50 lived years. at least <laughs> the 2000s. 50 years. I go, would you do that, John? And he goes, well, it's politics. You know, I mean, I was like, well, the politics is not democracy. The politics is actually a corrupt dictatorship run by our president, Tony. Okay, so how do we get these bylaws changed? And he's like, well, your vote matters. I go, no, my vote doesn't matter because if I attend the meeting and 49 others of my peers do not, my vote literally doesn't count, John. That's a big time problem, John. I can't even run for president. And I go, if I did, I would win. And you know it. And I go, if I ran for president, my first rule, I would say it would be to assess the job you've done and then reorganize the board. And then the first duty is to rip up those damn speed humps. That's what I would do. So are the speed humps a problem? Hell yeah, they're a problem. The, you, the damage that they, uh, like every single time I leave my house to go out into the world, I've got to go over two speed humps. Well, and Ethan Ranch says, what kind of speed humps are they? The super annoying ones? Yes. The short square ones? Or are they the large gradual ones? They're not gradual. They're large and they're humped. So they're like this. Not like this. Yeah. They're like this. So they're the cheap ones. Yes. And because And I know they're cheap because John told me yesterday, he said, well, I was like, the problem is my HOA fee is extremely high. That's another reason why I'm annoyed. But that HOA fee would go up. If I had to get rid of those speed humps because it costs money. Yeah. So, all right. So here's the, here's the question is should Zach run for president of his HOA? Should Zach run for president of his HOA and try to overthrow Tony? It would be, it would be hilarious, right. but at the same time, a lot of people would be upset. Okay, so let's so let's discuss this first. Let me tell you guys about Mandu the Pulse of Fitness. One 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. The results 
are real because the science is real. I've got to work out later on today. Very excited about it. I've lost over 20 pounds of fat in a year uh, because of what Mandu has taught me about my body and my fitness. Mandu.com. It's also by appointment only. And uh, it's super safe for these pandemic times because everything is sanitized between every appointment. And it's either you and the trainer or you and one other person in the trainer. Mandu.com is where to go. So here's my issue. And I've thought about this because I do want change. And you have to, some, you got to put things in your own hands if you want change sometimes. A lot of people want me to do it. I've had people approach me in the neighborhood asking me to run. I mean, because they know my personality. Here's the issue. I'm not at a place where I care enough, right? Care enough to put the time in to change a small community, yeah. right? I would rather impact larger audience like the one we have here and grow that and even go beyond that to other whatever as we grow. I would rather concentrate on that. And then here's the other thing. I bought this house overall. I've lived here two and a half years. I bought this as an investment property. I'm going to refinance. I'm going to get that rent or that the the mortgage is down as low as possible. I'm going to buy another house. I'm going to rent this out because it's close to Vanderbilt, your favorite university, Austin. And I'm going to rent it to some Fandy student. Yeah. Warehouse. And that's yeah. where I'm going to go because that's Nashville's professional landlords. And you know what? I'm going to make some change every month on somebody else running over these GD speed humps every single day, twice a day, four times a day. So uh, I, and I think uh, there was a comment that I want to get to because Greg is right. Uh, I do not want your attention focused on HOA duties, and I know that well, it, and we've struggled with that. Look, I want Austin's focus on this as well, and like we have that. So like I yeah, get but it. There's a I big. I mean, I, like what else am I focused on besides my personal life? There's a difference in like personal life. Well, HOA and, would be a part of my personal life. HOA would take over your personal life. Well, no, it would be a part of my personal. It would, and I know my look. My dad was the HOA president for his neighborhood for a few years, and he hated it. And it was, and it that it always turns in to being more work and more headache than you originally thought or prepared for. And so that's where I, you do not want to do this because no, I'll, I'll look, I'll bitch and moan at Tony because I find that funny in November and John, I'll have these conversations with him just to know my, you know, him to feel my presence. But again, I'm going to move out of here probably in the next two years, let's say I'm going to buy another house and somebody else is going to have to deal with it. Right. And so that's why you do not need to mess around with being the president of the HOA. I, you, you might be able to do a good job. But it's going to be oh, I mean, way I more. Would do a fantastic job. But yeah, but I, it would be way more, worried. way more of a load that you would be prepared to handle at this time in our business and with what you'd have to do as an HOA president. Yeah. Rule one: we change the bylaws. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Great day of college football discussion. Great day of tailgating with no football game that you can attend and then shade sandwich. So appreciate you guys for watching this show. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. I already mentioned it. New tighten up podcast episode out this morning with uh, Jack and Austin Huff. Uh, then you've also got six one five sessions. Buck's got a great episode coming later this week. 
that I believe he's teasing out. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. So we'll check you guys later. Thanks for watching. Have a good Wednesday. Adios.